If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come on, come on. You're listening to the Success Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Yo, man, I'm going to call you 007 from now on. Why do you say that? Because you're you're deep undercover, bro. Oh, oh, my mic. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm recording from an undisclosed location that really is top secret. Like if I would, <laughs> let's just say if if I were to disclose my location, um, don't even finish the sentence. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> it's just if if that's it. Just if you were if that's all. That's all they need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, 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 right. Keep it on the low, low. Yeah, man. So, Joel, what what, what do we got for the uh, six centers today? A chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. From where? Uh, your your favorite restaurant, Chick Fil A. Is it? Well, well, actually, I've been um making my rounds because I knew a, a episode like this was gonna come and tasting chicken sandwiches, and um, oh. So, so my the listeners are the listeners are getting a uh, a product review as well. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I I went to I've been with Wendy's and Popeyes, and a couple independent places, um, tasting everybody's chicken sandwich. So. Uh, and what's the verdict? Uh, the verdict is, uh, I like Loblaws chicken sandwich the best. Why? Uh, because it's just higher quality, man. It's Loblaws. I, no? I was expecting you to say better, better price value, but uh, maybe it's not cheaper. I was just, I was guessing Loblaws was the cheapest option, or the no, probably no, the no, most no, convenient no, no, option. No, 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 not the most convenient. Like I was, I was really going around tasting chicken sandwiches, and actually, you know what? McDonald's chicken sandwich was really good too, man. Not the Junior Chicken. Uh, but their new chicken sandwich was really good too. Um, I used to be all about the McChicken. Well, yeah. Well, everybody was all about the McChicken for the price point. It was really good. Yeah. Back in but, the day when I yeah. used to eat gluten. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we're looking at uh, the Chick Fil A situation um, now. Recently, well, we have well, we have in Canada, we have our own. Chick-fil-A in Toronto, which had a, a, a pretty big opening. Uh, a little bit of controversy. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. But before we get into that, let's, for those of for those of you who don't know uh, what Chick-fil-A is and what they're about, uh, we'll give you a quick history on it. Okay, so the fast food chain Chick-fil-A's history dates back to the 1940s when its founder, S. Truett Cathy, opened the Dwarf House. That was the name of the restaurant. Two decades after introducing one of the country's first chicken sandwiches there, he he used the recipe to open the first ever Chick-fil-A in Atlanta in 1967. And the rest is history. And, And it took a long time to get to Canada. Yeah, 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 as usual. Now, 
Now, here are some interesting facts about Chick-fil-A. The A in Chick-fil-A stands for grade A. Uh, all Chick-fil-A restaurants are closed on Sundays. The first 100 customers at a new Chick-fil-A restaurant get free Chick-fil-A uh, for the year. Opening a Chick-fil-A franchise is cheap. It's extremely competitive to become a Chick-fil-A franchise. It's the largest buyer. It's the largest buyer of sun-kissed lemons in the world. It's the largest buyer of peanut oil in the country. Chick-fil-A employees employees are extremely polite. Its grilled nuggets took even took seven years and fifty million dollars to create. Its waffle fries are the most ordered menu ordered item on the menu. The company will never go public. Well, I mean, before Kathy passed passed away in 2014, he made his children sign a contract agreeing that Chick-fil-A will always remain a private company. And then there's Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich recipe is locked up and nobody knows it. Chick-fil-A helps its employees go to college. It makes more money per restaurant than any other fast food chain. It's expected to become the third largest fast food chain. And franchisees can only own one location. So those are some fun facts about Chick-fil-A. Yeah, you know what? The, I, I was watching a, uh, a, I'll call it a mini documentary. Um, I'll put it in the show notes page. It was called The Rise of Chick-fil-A from August 2019 uh, on CNBC. And and. The one thing, I mean, there was a bunch of, a lot of the stuff you touched on was covered in there, but one of the things I thought was really interesting was they showed a comparison of the uh, franchise fee between the, um, so McDonald's was, I think it said 45000 and Chick-fil-A was 10000 and Wendy's is 40000 Whoa. Um, at, yeah, so, you know, just to get a restaurant, right? That's your upfront franchise fee cost um and then you know the the documentary went on to say kind of the purpose there was that they were providing the franchisee a greater opportunity for uh kind of developing the restaurant as opposed to kind of starting with a you know let's call it a debt that they have to pay down um so it's essentially quicker for them to get into the black and start reinvesting back into building their their franchise up wow Wow, it's kind of interesting, and and essentially they are now considered the third largest. Uh, from uh, they kept using this term with regards to sales, I, I didn't quite understand it, um, but maybe it's just uh the lingo within the industry. Um, but basically they're basically behind McDonald's and Starbucks, but they do, and you had said they do lead, uh, with respect to revenue per restaurant. Oh wow! Even though the even though they're only open six days a week. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a bit of a unicorn to some extent, just with, you know, some of the facts that you've talked about, um, not going public, among other things, you know, just that they do business, let's say, much different. And that's why I use the word unicorn to kind Mm -hmm. of describe them. Okay. So on September 6th, 2019, uh, Toronto or Canada got its first Chick-fil-A restaurant on 1 Bloor Street East. And it wasn't without controversy, as we had uh, the LGBT community come out and protest the restaurant. 
Don't don't forget, bro. We had some animal activists out there too. <laughs> oh, give them their, yeah. their due. Yeah, they were they were lying down. Uh, what were they? They were like. It was called a a a, a death in or a, a yeah, where die they in. lie, where they act like they're dead and they're like because of the, the killing of animals. Yeah, yeah. And... yeah, I think it was called a die in or something. I don't know. It was a weird name, but they basically all lied down in front of the store um, as a you know symbol of yeah. Death, but but people were people. The lineup, man, bro, the lineup was long. Man, it was crazy. It, it almost seems like people were going just because of the controversy. Um, but 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 people love the food. But but there was definitely a lot of uh, yelling back and forth between the protesters and uh, the people who wanted to go in to get something to eat. But you know it, you know what, Joel, this raises up the question: What happened uh, with David Lynn? And how the city of Toronto like pressed charges against David Lynn. Uh, they were saying he was causing a disturbance and mischief. Uh, meanwhile, the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community uh, can block the sidewalks, can tell Chick-fil-A owners and patrons uh, that they're not welcomed here. And nobody there was getting arrested. But, you know, David Yeah, Lynn, I mean, you know, if you look at the words in, in going back to, to essentially the criminal code 175 1a essentially points one and and potentially three um it's saying like so everyone who by fighting or obviously in this case it wouldn't be fighting but they'd be screaming shouting swearing uh using insulting or obscene language so that's number one number two uh, is being drunk, so that's not on the list. But then number three is by impeding or molesting other persons. So obviously it's not molesting, but it you know there was definitely an aspect of it impeding, um, and and so is essentially it says, and everyone who, not being in a home, causes a disturbance in a in, or near a public place, by, essentially, insulting or using obscene language or by impeding other persons mm-hmm. is guilty of an offense pus- punishable on summary conviction. So, I mean, based on that and based on what we saw happen to David Lynn, which we talked about in episode 50, the curious case of David Lynn. I mean, I, I'm kind of shocked, but at the same time, we do have this sense of like public protesting where we don't, you know, we kind of like think of the the idea of like picketing a workplace, um, or or things along those lines where there's a a level of preventing people from entering somewhere so that they have to hear your message mm-hmm. um, that we kind of allow, but it definitely isn't described in this pa- aspect of the criminal code, right? So I think I remember when. When I actually, I think it was when Jenna was pregnant with our first kid. So about two years ago, um, uh, somebody at like a hospital was was protesting because we were at like a, a midwife's location that had a bunch of of hospital stuff in in the building, and you were f- they they were basically allowed to hold you up for a couple of minutes to force you to have to you know uh, basically see why they're protesting, mm-hmm. um, but then. You know they're not uh, they're not allowed to hold you there for like forty five minutes or anything like that. Um, so my point is just to make it you know clearly 
the as I read the criminal code, it didn't it didn't acknowledge that kind of aspect of it. Um, and and that's really I think in respect to impeding people. Um, essentially, you can impede them temporarily to to protest. Um, but you know the based on the language that I heard and and sort of the I would just say the obscenity of the whole scenario. Um, and contrasting that with David Lynn, it definitely just seems like there's a bit of uh, uh, enforcement bias. Um, I, I mean, I would come back to the idea that, you know, I, I mean, I had said I don't know that David Lynn should have been charged. I definitely don't agree with him as I, uh, in the sense of his tactics. I might have some criticisms for him, but I didn't agree with, um, let's say, him getting arrested or being charged. Uh, I didn't think that really fit the law, but I mean, me and you had a bit of a disagreement there. But there were the signs that the LGBTQ2S had. The signs said "cluck off," and so some of the signs read, "Chick Fil A is known to discriminate against equity-seeking groups, including LGBTQ2S communities." Uh, Chick-fil-A gives millions of dollars to LGBTQ2S organizations. Many have refused to allow Chick-fil-A to locate within their spaces and have protested against them. Toronto and Canada needs to be next in line. And then the other one is, it is time for hate and discrimination to cluck off. I, I thought the cluck off was pretty, pretty clever. Original. Yeah, it was clever. Yeah, I uh, will put a show. We'll put that in the uh, show notes. But essentially, the the whole beef was um, the that Chick Fil A holds to Christian values, and they are against uh, homosexuality. The LGBTQ wasn't just against that, but also the fact that uh, Chick Fil A donates money to Christian organizations like the Salvation Army and. The fellowship of christian athletes and so and, and the article by uh, matt staver in uh, christian post says both of which are falsely accused of being anti-lgbt uh, because they have a biblical policy on marriage and sex outside of marriage okay so that's why they're being accused of being anti-lgbtq i i actually would say you know there's a difference between having an opinion on what is moral for your, and, and in essence, I would think morality is largely for yourself and for, let's say, your immediate community. Um, and so holding a, a moral stance that is in contradiction to someone else's morality or lifestyle I don't think anti is actually the proper term. I mean, I can see why they use it because it, it bounds up, you know, or, or stirs up support for their position. But I mean, you're in essence kind of saying, I mean, to me, anti seems activist in nature. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes isn't protesting against LGBTQ views. They're basically saying... This is the values we hold, and we want to encourage exactly. other Christians they're, to do the same. They're pro-Bible, mm-hmm. and and actually, LG, LGBTQ2S is anti-Bible. 
Right. Right. Like if if you look at the the protesting, they're the ones who are anti. Mm-hmm. Right. The the right. Christians are are arguing for a, a proactive stance. They're not, and they're not generally. I mean, yes, there's a component of if somebody calls themselves Christian. Uh, or or they're within their church, okay. they're going to say, well, here's the moral standard I hold to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, you know, they're not going to the people, you know, let's use some biblical term. They're not going to the Gentile and and calling for anything beyond repent of your sins and follow Christ, mm-hmm. which is essentially, you know, regardless of our level of morality, we all think every human falls in that category. Right, as a Christian, my morality doesn't change that we're all sinners in need of a savior and we all need to come to Christ. Because my morality comes from the Bible and nobody can uphold that standard. Well yeah. Well the bottom line uh, is well the bottom line is uh clock off worked. Why? Well, because Chick fil A is no longer funding those organizations. Yeah, so I mean that's essentially what what you know what you're getting at that you know the catalyst for this episode today and not when cl- the cluck off campaign um or at least the toronto cluck off campaign went underway um is the fact that you know chick-fil-a has announced uh let's call it a change in f- donation funding strategy uh would you think that's a fair way of i, I would have said they sold out you know, there's there's a bit of a battle going on, right? So you've got well, uh, LifeSite News essentially posted a, quite a few, which is a Christian publication, posted quite a few articles essentially um, critical of Chick-fil-A's uh, change. Then you've got, you know, some, uh, you know, conservative Christians like... Um, the Liberal uh, Council? Fra- well, F- Franklin Graham... Um, Basically, trying to say that, well, no, there, you know, this is just um, being, you know, a criticism of them that, no, they're still, you know, in line with their Christian values, which to some extent it sounds like they're trying to hold to some, I mean, they're trying to straddle the line, is what I would call that. that that's my perception of it. It does look like there's a bit of how do we, you know, hold to some Christian values or, or personally hold to Christian values, but as an organization, you know, su- supporting the the homeless or supporting education, things that Christians might resonate with. Right? Uh. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss or, or, or say that your position that they've sold out is wrong. Um, because yeah, that's what Franklin you know, Graham is saying. He's just saying, like, yeah, they're trying. They're not. They haven't sold out. Uh, they have. They have another plan in the works, and that they're still dedicated to Christian values. Um, but my question, if I could talk to Franklin Graham or the Chick Fil A camp, is, okay, so you're taking the money from these other organizations that are explicit uh, that are explicitly biblical. Now, where does that money go? Like, who's going to get that money? Who's going to get that $1.8 million a year? Right? Because if it isn't explicitly biblical ones, then it's ones that are probably leaning 
more leftist in their ideology. Uh, and so in the article that that you sent me, it said, and it was from... Jim Daly, Jim uh, Daly. president of Focus on the Family. Yeah, and so Jim Daly was saying in September, as Chick-fil-A was about to open its first Canadian outlet, the restaurant chain hired Navigator, an international lobbying firm described by Dr. Charles McVetty, president of the Institute for Canadian Values, as the number one gay lobbying firm in Canada. McVetty said this was a huge hint about the company's future direction. According to the documents filed with the Toronto office of the lobbyist registrar, the firm, whose company slogan is, when you can't afford to lose, was hired to ensure a smooth launch in Canada. I mean, it sounds... Convincing? Like, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I think they're trying to, you know, if you like, if you go to so Chick Fil A's November eighteenth, twenty nineteen, says Chick Fil A Foundation announces twenty twenty priorities to address education, homelessness, and hunger. You know, there's a criticism that you know where's this money going, as you've said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it well, and it says there are. Excited to announce the foundation has committed nine million to the following initiatives for twenty twenty. Um and education is gonna go uh, expanding a partnership with Junior Achievement USA. Uh homelessness is expanding their partnership with Covenant House International and right, Hunger. Yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead, continue. So uh, the last thing, um uh, is they're going to give 25000 to local food banks in more than 120 communities. Right, but even in the article it's saying that Covenant House is an explicitly LGBTQ-focused organization. Right, they even have a float in the Pride Parade, the New York one. Yeah, that was in the um, the ChristianPost.com article. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so and that right was... there, you see... I mean that was that was essentially. I, I mean I I haven't necessarily validated a lot of the claims, but uh, it's a pretty pretty bold claim, and and there it seems I mean let's say linked up pretty good in the sense of supporting the position that Covenant House um, isn't. I mean he's claiming that that they're an LGBTQ activist, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why this you know the headline of this article uh, was Matt Staver responds to Franklin Graham. Because um, basically saying, you know, Franklin Graham's defense, if you want to call it that, um, of, of what they were doing, he was not uh, impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I guess Graham is his boy. Because uh, Graham was saying that Dan was very clear that they have not bowed down to anyone's demands, including the LGBTQ community. They will continue to support whoever they want to support. They haven't changed who they are or what they believe. Chick-fil-A remains committed to Christian values. Dan Cathy assured me that this isn't going to change. I hope all those who jumped to the wrong conclusion about them read this. Franklin Graham. Are we jumping to conclusions? Uh, I I don't think so. I think... I mean, I think it's easy to just see the headline and, and you know, to see 
because I think some people were, you know, in the sense that like you read the headline, oh, they're pulling, you know, donations from this organization, this organization, and this organization, um, and they're putting them somewhere else, and and I think it's easy to to maybe judge them without doing due diligence, mm-hmm. but that's where you know, someone like Matt Staver, who's basically said, well, you know, when I look at Covenant House and and based on his research and his digging, you know, to say, oh, we've pulled money from Salvation Army and we're going to give it to Covenant House. You know, you look at the, essentially, oh, Covenant House can't be um, deemed with an anti-LGBTQ claim. And so arguably they're trying to take a safer route with their donations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay so okay so let's let's let me ask you this question then would you what would what would you do if you were them would you would you because you know they're on the rise and, and they had they have a chance to do a lot of big things so there's a lot of money at stake um what would you do if you were in their position would you would you withdraw the funds from those organizations um I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I don't see I mean I would I would think that you know some if Chick-fil-A had let's say done this announcement of okay, we want to focus on education, homelessness and hunger without kind of identifying who those were necessarily going to just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually thought that at a very surface level was was a smart approach had it been left at that level. Yeah, because in the article, there's another article I looked at from the Acton Institute uh, written by Hunter Baker. Um, and so the article is called The Unfortunate Lesson from Chick-fil-A Surrender. Most notably, when almost every major media outlet characterizes your move as expressing a new policy not to give to anti-LGBT organizations, you make no attempt to counter the claim, even though you understand that now you are participating in censure of traditional Christian belief and practice. Indeed, you can't really counter the claim because if you do, you'll ruin the effect of the subtle shift you attempted. You have fallen into the perfect trap. The only way forward is through, and the only way through is more capitulation. By doing so, you increase the pressure on everyone who hasn't been who hasn't bent the knee, and you've taught a lesson to us all. You can be the most successful pound-for-pound fast food company in the United States, and you will still be unable to remain unapologetically Christian. New markets are too important. Growth is too important. Not alienating the New York, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco nexus is too important. I think I agree um, with, with Mr. Hunter here in that, yeah, like there's a lot at stake in regards to um, you know running this business. Um, Chick-fil-A is not a church. <laughs> right? So um, <laughs> they're not... Uh, sending out missionaries or whatever the case may be right so 
right? They're a business first and foremost, and they're trying to, you know, expand their brand. And who knows, maybe at the end, um, give the money to Christian organizations. But it's still a business at the end of the day. It's not a ministry. And I think sometimes Christians, um, we can sometimes confuse the two, um, business and ministry. When sometimes, you know what, business has to come before ministry just so ministry can do ministry. Well, and I think, you know, what, what's disturbing, what's sad is, you know, this sense of attacking people for for things that are of themselves. And I use the term of themselves intentionally because what I'm trying to get at is, like, you have every right to... to associate with those who you don't want to associate with um what's concerning is the level of of malice um coming towards christians what do you mean so i mean you know in essence if if you look at the history of chick-fil-a in terms of the you know, at all in terms of their criticism or in terms of their um, fight, if you want to call it that, in the public eye. Um, you know, it all started from essentially, you know, the current the the founder's son saying that he holds to a traditional view of marriage, personally, mm-hmm. right? Like that, and and then shortly after, he had made a comment, something to the effect of like. I'm essentially going to stay out of politics. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't care for politics. I'll just leave that. Um, but it didn't, you know, it didn't, let's say it didn't work. Uh, I don't know if that's the right statement, but, um, you know, in essence, he was not, I mean, you know, the, the organization itself obviously has some Christian connotations. They're closed on Sunday. Um, but if you look at their, you know, their, their website, they basically said, like, it's closed for Sunday for worship if you're so inclined. So what is it that you want to leave the listeners with? What's your two cents? I, I, you know, there's there's two sides to this. One is, and this is, like, arguably out of left field a bit, um, and based on where our conversation has gone so far. But I think, you know, to some extent, you know, you look at the history of how the church has treated, um, let's say, sexually immoral. And I use that, I use sexually immoral as an encompassing term on purpose. Because it's too much to say LGBTQ2S? <laughs> no, because I think that there's an aspect where even Christians who have, you know, fallen flat on their face with regards to sexual mor- immorality have have had a really tough time within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, you know, there's some aspect of like, are we reaping what we sow? Is kind of the question I'm getting to because I mean, uh, not that Westboro Baptist is a good example of, of what the Christian church did a hundred years ago. Um, because there's some malice and hatred, I think, coming out of that place. But how much of a lack of grace and love with truth 
have has the church or did the church um, kind of operate with? Let's say in the last couple hundred years. Um, and and I just I just bring that up now to say like you know if we find ourselves in a a better situation, you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, you know, let's not flip this around and end up going in the other trajectory. You know, the idea of, you know, living peacefully or living in tolerance with, the you know, your neighbor, right? The Jew and the Gentile living in, you know, obviously there's an aspect of you, you're not going to live in, in deep community, but you can live in harmony to some extent uh, with with someone who's holding a different lifestyle view than you. Uh, and, and really, I find it, you know, this is what I find about this whole thing kind of disturbing or, or frustrating is what what is the trajectory, right? Like religious freedom is something that is arguably going to be questioned in the future, mm-hmm. right? Like what's the trajectory of the current scenarios unfolding, right? So, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, for the, what am I leaving the listener with? To some extent, I'm leaving them with a dreary thought of, I'm not sure where this is going, uh, but it is concerning. How about you? What's your two cents? My two cents? Well, though it's disappointing to see that, you know, Christendom's favorite business cave into political pressure. I think we have to remember that God saves people and not burger joints or athletic organizations or shelters. Uh, So like redemptive history isn't reliant on Chick-fil-A's donations uh, to save souls, right? God uses us. So as Christians, we must remember that um, like such were some of us, as Paul once said, or such were some of you, but in this context, such were some of us, those who indulge in sexual sin, worship idols, commit adultery, and even practice homosexuality. But we were cleansed, we were made holy, we were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. So God does all this for us in order that we would uh, share the same freedom with those who um, have been in bondage so long that they're defined uh, by their bondage. LGBTQQIAAPP. Right? Like, there's freedom in Christ, and we're not trying to make gay people straight. Um, that might never be the case. You might be a Christian who struggles with um, homosexual urges, but knowing that it's wrong in the sight of God, you can restrain yourself by the Holy Spirit. So heterosexuals should show sexual restraint, so should homosexuals. Um, But there is hope in that we're not creating a caste system or a tier system of sin. You know, all sexual sin is bad in God's eyes. And I think that's like the best apologetic to come across to um, people that struggle in these communities. 
just like we struggle and there is no difference. And I think that's the meeting ground where we can um, come in agreement. like, look, I'm struggling as a male. You're struggling and what you're struggling with. Um, but by the whole power of the Holy Spirit, we can be set free from that. And I think that's what God saved us to do, um, to share that gospel and that, that opportunity of hope. It isn't that God is just the judge, but he's also a physician that frees us from our sins. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, your expounding of the gospel in this context is, is uh, uh, to some extent, a good counter to my my two cents outlook that I made. Um, because I think, you know, you said, I think you said something really, you know, precise that, um, you know, in general, I obviously I can't speak for all Christians, but in general, you know, we're not. Christians aren't trying to make gay people straight. You know, that might never be. That might not well, be the situation. But but that's not the goal regardless. That is right, like, you're right. The goal is to make dead people alive. Mhm. Amen. Amen, Pastor Joel. Joel Joel <laughs> <Right>. Steve. <laughs> hey. You were Kanye yet? No, I was just We're Kanye yeah. yet. In Sunday service, bro. He's at the Sunday service. Um Yo, he's yo Kanye spat fire. Not gonna lie, um, that it was pretty. He yeah, it was pretty good. I'm surprised Joel Osteen didn't burst into flames. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, seriously, like, you know, this is what what bothers me. That's why I was cr- jumping on the word anti, because, you know, the the Christian worldview, is is not about any particular type of sin you know, being a problem. It's about all sin being a problem. And I don't care what your sin looks like. At the end of the day, we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where, you know, calling a Christian anti one particular, you know, view of sin or, or you know, it's like saying they're anti-murderers. Obviously, you know, they're not going to agree that murder and you know, uh, sexual morality are in the same category. They're not even going to call it sexual immorality. In their eyes, it's sexual morality. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I'm trying to get at is, again, it's the the Christian call is a pro, it's a proactive call, not a attacking call. That said, obviously, there's those who do um, attack under the guise of Christianity, and and I would say you know, as Christians, it's, it's our duty to call them out as, you know, contradictory to, to what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. That's good. That's good. Well, for our six centers, let us know what you guys think. Uh, if you guys have any questions or anything that we overlooked, you guys disagree with us, let us know. Uh, please subscribe on your, um, whatever platform you're listening to. And really, uh, really check out our us. Twitter. We got a, a poll going on. We want to know if uh, if you're in agreement with uh, Matt Staver. Uh, it'll probably be it's uh, what it's going to end a couple days after. It'll be up, you know, two be three up. days after the uh, podcast airs this Friday. So yeah, so please let us know, guys. Subscribe. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate your support uh, up until now. Um, 
So thank you. You can contact us at on the six at six cents report on Twitter and the six cents report on Facebook. If you're trying to get in touch with me, it's do good at Darnell D O G U D D A underscore Darnell. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, in case you didn't know, the it's six cents report at all social media, and I'm T Joel N thirty nine on all social media. Six cents makes change. But you heard me? Does that make sense?